Good morning. I am Amelia Richardson-Dress. I am one of the pastors here at UCC Longmont, and along with Reverend Sarah Verasco, with our music team, Robert Jelmstead and Sam Sherman, as well as all of the rest of the staff and volunteers that uh, are here for Sunday morning, welcome. It is always so good to be together, whether we are together here at this time in the sanctuary or uh, together with folks who are joining online now or perhaps watching later. The Spirit connects us in all kinds of ways, which is why it is our tradition in this congregation to also welcome each other using the words that are printed in your bulletin, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. In Celtic Christianity, there was the thought that there were some places that were thin places. These were places where the distance between heaven and earth sort of collapsed, where the spiritual realm or God became closer. And you've probably experienced those in some ways, whether you knew that vocabulary for them or not. But it is always our hope that this space become a thin space for you. That when we gather here, we find that God draws nearer to us and that we experience that presence more deeply and more fully within ourselves. Sometimes we cultivate that energy and that attitude and that openness. And so this morning we are going to do that through a breath prayer. A breath prayer is just a way of praying where we use words and our breath together to help us settle our inner selves. And the phrase that I invite you to use this morning is, I open myself to God's presence. We'll do that together once on an inhale and on an exhale, just let that resonate in this room together. And so let us breathe in together. I open myself to God's presence. One more inhale. I open myself to God's presence. And letting that silence settle, continue at the pace of your own breathing, opening yourself and letting go as you need to. The promise of our faith is that God will take any opening. And so know that you are being met here in this time of words and reflection and music and silence. God waits for you. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 196 in the sing hymnal, Let It Shine.
it shine, let it shine. The light of the world that shows the way. Let it shine, let it shine. And show us peace today. The church bears witness to God's grace. Its mission crystal clear. To show the world God's human face. A world that God holds dear. Let it shine, let it shine. The light of the world that shows the way. Let it shine, let it shine. And show us peace today. When love replaces human greed, a lasting peace will come. As hands reach out to human need from hearts no longer numb, let it shine, let it shine. The light of the world that shows the way, let it shine, let it shine, and show us peace today. Now let us give ourselves to God within this war-torn world and work till justice walks abroad with flags of peace unfurled. Let it shine, let it shine, the light of the world that shows the way. Let it shine, let it shine, and show us peace today. As you sit back down, I want to remind you that there is children's church today. If there are any young people that would like to go to children's church, Anna Wing is going to be leading it. She's standing and waving right now. And the children will come back to find their adult before the service ends. So please go and have fun and come back and have fun. Friends, we're going to join together in the gathering words as they're printed in your bulletin and as they appear on your screen. And as I was reading them this morning, it occurred to me that the words that you are all going to say as many are words that someone's going to need to hear this morning. So let's say it with them, for them, with confidence. Give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Amen.
sometimes if I am having trouble sleeping in the middle of the night, I will get up and I will watch a few minutes of television. Do any of you do that as well? I hope so, otherwise it's just a weird thing that I do. My goal when I do it is always to find something really soothing, and I have found that uh, Bob Ross works really well for this, or an old cooking show before they were all competitions and things were going to catch on fire, just something really calming. But sometimes I will flip through the wrong channel, and then I will get um, a TV channel that has ads for things like, protect your future, buy gold, or protect your home, buy insurance, or protect your children, see a financial planner. And they're always accompanied by these images of all of the terrible things that are going to happen if you don't go do those things right now. So if that happens to you, the word to the wise is that you have to change the channel quickly or you will never go back to sleep. The old adage for advertising used to be uh, beauty sells. And I think it's true. Images of beautiful people doing beautiful things certainly don't hurt an advertising campaign. But when I look at ads like this, it seems that what's being sold is something even more powerful and ingrained than beauty. It's security. If these kinds of advertising campaigns tell us anything about ourselves, it is that our deepest need is to be insulated from life's up and down, or our deepest desire is to be insulated from life's ups and downs. We want to find security in the knowledge that no matter what happens, we will be okay. And sometimes Christianity has tried to uh, sort of sell the way of Christ under these similar terms. There's a sense that faith might insulate us from grief or sadness or illness or even that it might promise wealth or prosperity. But today we have a teaching from Jesus that challenges all of those ideas. It's a hard reading, and we are picking up just a little bit past where we left off last week. We're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. They are, Jesus and his disciples are standing in the temple when this opens. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. So they asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Be aware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over and you will be brought before kings because of my name. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be hated by all because of your name, my name, but by your endurance you will gain your souls. It's a tough reading, isn't it? The temple, as Jesus knew it, as they were standing in it during this teaching, looked something like the image that's on the front of your bulletin this morning. And if you are watching online and don't have the bulletin in front of you, you can do a search for uh, the temple of Jerusalem in Jesus' time. There's quite a few renderings of it. But you see that it's an impressive structure maybe especially impressive considering the time period that it was built in. And it had a long and sacred history. The first temple was built on the same spot of the second temple, and it was built by King David, and then it was rebuilt about 400 years later. The second temple was what Jesus knew. That's the image that you have on your bulletin. And it had fairly recently been expanded by Herod the Great uh, just before the first century. Herod the Great is the father of the Herod that we know from the Christmas story. When Herod the Great expanded it, it was probably something like a political tribute for the Jewish people, but probably also a way for Herod to leave his mark on the world. It was this sort of... um, double whammy of religious and political symbolism. If you let yourself just be taken to that place for a moment, you can almost hear the hushed voices, the reverence, the careful way that people talk and move in a holy space. And so you can imagine, too, the surprise of standing in that space and hearing Jesus say that it would be destroyed. Do you remember the shock around the world when Notre Dame caught fire? Somewhere in the back of our minds, we want to believe that some things never change. And then Jesus says the exact opposite. He promises, in fact, that all things will change. And if we had read even further in the chapter, we would hear even harder depictions of apocalypse. But Jesus doesn't do it to fear-monger. He does it to remind his followers to set their sights on the things that matter. Do any of you remember uh, in Where the Red Fern Grows when Grandpa sets a raccoon trap? And the trap is really just a hole in the log, and in that hole is a shiny object. But the idea is that the raccoon reaches in and grabs the object, and then the opening of the hole is too small for him to pull his fist 
back out. He's trapped because he won't let go. While there is much to be said about the virtue of persistence, what Jesus also says to us is that we want to make sure we are hanging on to the right thing. I'm sure we can all think of times in our lives when we have grabbed on to some shiny object of security rather than relaxing. And so it's that way that the search for security becomes its own kind of trap, its own kind of raccoon trap, because we never achieve complete security in a shifting world. Which is why Jesus never promises security. He calls us instead to faithfulness. And today I want to frame that faithfulness as confidence. One way that we can think about these things is that security is outward-facing. It is a set of circumstances. And because we can never actually control all of our circumstances, we can never actually achieve full security. Confidence, on the other hand, is an inward trait. It's a belief that we can handle whatever comes our way. And for religious folks, for the followers of Christ, it's the belief that we can handle whatever comes our way with the help of God. I want to share with you this morning then a snippet of a video that was made from a piece of writing called The Parable of the Trapeze. Sometimes I feel that my life is a series of trapeze swings. I'm either hanging on to a trapeze bar, swinging along, or for a few moments in my life, I'm hurtling across space in between trapeze bars. Now, most of the time, I spend my life hanging on for dear life to my trapeze bar for the moment. It carries me along at a certain steady rate of swing, and I have the feeling that I'm in control of my life. I know most of the right questions, and even some of the right answers. But once in a while, as I'm merrily or not so merrily swinging along, I look out ahead of me into the distance, and what do I see? I see another trapeze bar swinging towards me. It's empty. And I know in that place in me that knows that this new trapeze bar has my name on it. It's my next step, my aliveness coming to get me. That piece is longer and worth watching in its own, but I stopped it where it is because I was struck by that phrase, my aliveness coming to get me. It's such a breathtaking way to think of new things. It invokes a sense of trust, not just in our own capacity, but in something beyond us. Something that isn't just waiting for us, but is already reaching out to us. And it reminds me that the underlining meaning of the word apocalypse is unveiling. That the moments of our lives where we are in transition, where we are hurtling through the air, are moments of unveiling. 
We're learning to see what is out there. We're learning, too, that there is no way to reach for the next thing while also hanging on to the old. When Jesus gives this apocalyptic teaching, he is following in a whole line of prophets who warned people of destruction to come for one reason or another. And these teachings are always challenging. They're challenging in multiple ways, but one of the things that they sometimes lead to is a sense of escapism. The reasoning uh, can follow this way, that if the world is going to end or if bad things are going to happen anyway, then why waste time caring for others or for the earth or for our family, our friends, the way of Christ right now? But Jesus doesn't offer this teaching as a way of escape. He offers it as a way of engaging more deeply. Time and again, he repeats that although hard things will happen, his followers will stay the course. It's more that there's a realism to what he's saying, but also the reminder that whatever comes, we will not encounter it alone. These teachings in this framework then have a personal component and also a missional component to them. Missionally speaking, it means that our calling as Christians requires sacrifice. We're called to a risk-taking faith. We believe that God is on the move, that God is creating winds of change, and so our choice always is whether we're going to step out in the confidence of stepping out with God or if we're going to choose the security of keeping things the same. In her TED Talk on creativity, author Elizabeth Gilbert says, you should never be afraid to do the work you were put on this earth to do. Which applies to us as Christians, because we believe that we were put on this earth to co-labor with God. And so we can ask, about the ways that we might be choosing security over confidence, safety over risk. But the personal and inward component of this teaching is just as important. It reminds us that when we face our own personal apocalypses, our own times of transition or unveiling, there is already a new thing waiting. We might not know what that new thing is, and we might not even like what it is that we think we are flying towards, but we can trust that our aliveness is already out there reaching for us in a way that is not limited by the things and the times and the trials of this world. It's in those times that I always come back to the words of the prophet Isaiah, who himself had some apocalyptic teachings, but said, see, I am doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Friends, whatever it is that we are facing, whether it is a new step in risk-taking faith or a challenge that we perhaps did not choose, we trust that there are already streams in the wasteland. And we walk forward with the confidence that God is reaching for us. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 564 in the New Sanctuary Hymnal, We Are Not Our Own, verses 1, 2, 5, and 6. turn to a time of prayer now trusting that we do pray along with all of the saints that surround us. Let us return to the breath that we found at the beginning of our time together, settling again into that space of openness to God's presence. God, even when we come to you on shaky ground, we know that you are there. And so in this time of prayer, we lift up those in need of healing in mind, body, or spirit. Our hearts are heavy with those in our own congregation this morning who have been facing health challenges. And we pray for your healing hand upon them. For those among us who grieve, may there be comfort. For those here or around the world who are in dangerous places, 
those whose homes are not sanctuaries. May there be relief. And may agents of peace come quickly. And for the cares that we hold, the ones that we have not named, we hold space in our hearts to name them now, trusting that God hears. And even when we are walking in hardship, there are moments of joy. And so this morning in this community, we make space for those as well because they are reminders of the presence of your spirit, God, and of your dream for the world. We thank you for those who are healing, for those who are beacons of justice and hope in the world. We thank you for those who are celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, just because days today. And we hold space in our hearts to name them as well. And so it is with gratefulness that we join our voices together saying a version of the prayer that Jesus taught. Loving God, in whom is heaven, may your name be honored everywhere. May your kingdom come, may the desire of your heart for the world be done in us, by us, and through us. Give us the bread we need for each day. Forgive us. Enable us to forgive others. Keep us from all anxiety and fear. For you reign in the power that comes from love, which is your glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us rise in spirit for the sung response, O Lord, hear my prayer.
Good morning. My name is Matt Zavala, and I serve as co-moderator on our church council, and it's great to be with all of you here today. Here are this week's announcements, and it's a, it's a busy week. We have two pages this week, but I'll be quick. A very special welcome this morning to visitors and guests, and a welcome back to those we haven't seen here for a while. There are clipboards on the table in the back if you'd like to receive newsletters or like a name tag. If you're joining in online, there's also an electronic version on the homepage of our website. The Environmental Justice Ministry is hosting Fellowship Hour, uh, a gathering immediately after this church service. Please come and join us for fellowship and refreshments, after which there will be a book study in the Fireside Lounge. The book we are discussing is a widely acclaimed Nature's Best Hope by Dr. Tuglas Talamy. Books are available at the back of the sanctuary to browse or purchase, reduced price of $15, but you don't need to read the book to attend the discussions. Please attend to find out what you can do in your own backyard to reduce our impact on the environment. Also after service today, the Christmas pageant choir will meet here in the sanctuary. Thank you to all of our gun safety volunteers. All total, 111 handgun safes were given away on Veterans Day. Please remember to communicate your giving intentions for 2023 to stewardship at ucclongmont.org and thank you to all who have already responded. Please be sure to check the bulletin for up-to-date information and for our online viewers, the bulletin is on our, is on our website homepage. If you would like to support UCC Longmont financially, you can give online at ucclongmont.org backslash giving or using the offering boxes on the back wall of the sanctuary. And you can see them at uh, each entrance. And if you are looking for other ways to connect to this community, please check out our website or Facebook page. Also, a new Wednesday walking group is starting this week. Meet at Pella Crossing at one o'clock if you are interested. Speak with Reverend Sarah if you have any questions. Those are this week's announcements. I hope everyone has a great day and a great week. Good morning. I'm Kelly Bromsky, your church treasurer, and I'm back again for another update this week. We've received 52 commitments, which brings us up to 64% of our proposed budget for congregational gifts. This number was increased from 2022 by 5% based on higher anticipated expenses. If you've not had a chance to let the stewardship team know your intentions for 2023, please let Marsha Silkinson, who I believe is here today, or myself know after the service. You can also email us at stewardship at ucclongmont.org. Thank you so much for your generosity. Friends, it was into those moments and spaces where letting go and moving forward were hardest when Jesus offered words of peace. Peace be with you, he said. And here in this place, it is our practice to offer peace one to another. So I invite you now in whatever way makes sense for you to offer the peace of Christ to those who are near and here in this space, and also to turn and offer the peace of Christ to those who will be watching us uh, either now or at another time to those cameras in the bank, back of the sanctuary. So friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.
And friends, let's continue our sharing of peace as we join together in song uh, number 193, Peace. friends, as our service draws to a close, I invite you to receive these words of blessing. When you go, wherever you go, may you go with confidence to stay the course. May you go with confidence into the unknown, trusting that new life awaits. And as you go, trust still that God's light is before you, that you may see. God's light is behind you, that you may be encouraged. God's light is above you to watch over you, beside you to befriend you, and within you that you may know peace. May that peace be with you this very moment and in all the moments to come. Amen.